Hey, you're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories, probably of my neighbors. I love to chronicle their, um, their lives in quarantine, and it's especially fun when they're having sex, but equally as fun when they're fighting. And so you can catch that all at Just Plain Zach. And don't forget to follow the show at No Filter with Zach for all the latest show news. <sighs> all right. Are you guys ready? Because today's guest is the prom date that I wish I had. He's the hunky jock with a heart of gold from Netflix's 13 Reasons Why. Please welcome Mr. Charlie St. George himself, Tyler Barnhart. Hi. That was the best intro ever. And I'm not talking about me. I was talking about when you're talking about your neighbors having sex. That's great. <laughs> They're a good time. They've been like getting it in. I love when new neighbor, well, because I live in downtown. And so you're, you lived in New York. So you know, like some of the buildings, um, they're like high rise. So you can like see into each other's buildings, um, depending on what building you're in. And so I can see their entire lives. And so I love when new people move in and they don't realize that like we can see everything. So when they're like fresh out the shower and they're just like doing their little dance in their kitchen, I'm like, it's going to take you like a couple weeks to realize we can all see this. Um, but it's a good time. They keep me, they keep things interesting. That's amazing. I love, I love that. So how, how are you, Tyler? How is your quarantine life going? Uh, well, uh, we talked about it, yeah, briefly before we started, but I am living in New York City and have actually been quarantining the past three months uh, with my girlfriend's family in Miami, mm. Florida. So it's been, uh, honestly, I know times are crazy with, with the whole global pandemic, but it's been a real blessing in disguise for me, like to be able to spend time with them that I never would have before. Yeah. So it's been great. And I mean, you can't really get much better than Miami, right? So No, it's a perfect it's place nice. to be quarantined. It's a time to recharge and refuel, yeah. Okay, so before we dive deep into all of my burning questions about 13 Reasons Why, you have to answer my icebreakers. Are you ready? Bring it. Okay, so we kind of answered this first one already because you said you're in Miami, but where did you grow up? And I guess where do you currently live? I know you're quarantined in Miami, but where do you live normally? Yeah, I, so I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, born and raised there and went to school there. And then um, outside of college, decided to move to New York City. Okay. Currently have an address in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, mm. but am moving August 1st to Los Angeles. Okay. <laughs> what is New York? I mean, how is New York and even Miami, like, they're, I would imagine, very different from where you grew up? It's a bit of a culture yeah. shock. Do you like the city vibe? Is that why you're coming to LA? You're ready for more of a. Yeah. I, I have always, when I was growing up in North Carolina, was looking for the city vibe. Yeah. I did grow up in Charlotte, at least, which was like a semi, you know, large city and, and was fairly progressive uh, compared to some of the other parts of North Carolina. So I never really felt too out of place yeah. in where I grew up, but I just was always longing for like, yeah, being able to walk outside and have everything at your fingertips. And I think that New York and LA are just uncomparable um, when, when you look at the city, so it's fun to bounce around between the two if I'm being honest and it's kind of a privilege that I have. So I'm going to take advantage of it that until is, I run out of money or something. Right? That is the dream. Yes, it is. So pinch me. Get that bi-coastal life. 
Um, <laughs> what's one word your mother would use to describe you? Oh my goodness. My mother, um, I would say my mom is uh, fairly uh, rational. I would say she would say that I am driven. Driven. Yeah. We, when, I, when I graduated college, I actually moved back home to live with my parents for two years to save up money to, to try and move to New York. And so I wasn't just moving with, you know, $100 in my pocket. And we would, I would go to work. I had, was working two jobs. I was working at the Apple store and a costume shop. And then I would come home and I would do self-tapes uh, auditions in our garage with my mother at like 10 o'clock at night. Wow. So I think I, she saw the grind and she saw how hard I was working. I think she, I think she stayed driven. I like that. Um, fun fact. What's one thing people would not expect about Tyler? Um, that you're not really dating Alex. Get... Well, no, we're not going to, I mean, we should pretend like I'm still dating Alex. <laughs> let's be honest. That relationship is beautiful. So no, that's, we don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> Something that some people can't expect. Oh, I have a phobia. This is kind of gross, but I don't really care. It's funny. I think I have a phobia of. Um, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but it's funny. I have a phobia of, of nail clippers, mm. and so um, I pretty much have to like bite my nails, but not because of a nervous compulsiveness situation, but because I can't handle the clipping of like it, talking about it freaks me out even a little bit. So. Um, it's only by that that I have to just kind of bite them so and pick them off, and, can, and and yeah. So you can't do like a, a like a manicure. So I so not at a professional place. Like during quarantine, I've actually been enjoying painting my nails um, because I actually love the way it feels. They're not painted right now; they're actually clean. But I love the way it feels to rub them. If you've never ever done it, mm-hmm. um, so it's like a kind of nervous impulsive thing as well, I suppose. Uh, maybe this is more like therapy, honestly, than yeah. an interview. But. Um, I just, you know, don't touch my cuticles or, and don't clip them. So, yeah, I can't, I actually cannot go to those places. Is it the same <laughs> thing? Is it just fingernails or is it toenails too? Uh, if you ask, I'll tell you it's toenails too. So I have to wait until I get out of the shower and then I just like to rinse them off. Oh my gosh. Wow. You didn't know that it was going to be this kind of interview, right? <laughs> no, I love, I mean, because people give me like fun facts. I'm like, oh, that's cute. But that, that's like a real fun fact. I like that. It's fun and it's a fact. <laughs> um, drink of choice. What is your go-to when you're out or when you're in? Yeah, um, I, I'm being from North Carolina. Actually, there's like a huge craft brew scene that kind of sprouted up when I turned 21. Um, so I love a good uh, microbrewery. Um, and then I also, if you're at a bar, a gin and tonic for me is like the most quenching drink that uh, I can get. But if it has alcohol in it, I'll probably enjoy it if I'm being real. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> true. Um, okay, last right, like, last icebreaker question, which is my favorite question to ask: If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Um, yeah, that's actually not a super hard question because I've watched my fair share of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I would say, honestly, I'm I'm most likely going to be a Kendall. A Kendall? Why a Kendall? She speaks to me. She speaks to me. I say I like the way that she carries herself. Um, she's professional, but I feel like she also kind of, for me, she the way she speaks to me is I'm not quite as extra as some of the other, and I say extra with quotations, but I'm not quite as out there as some of the other sisters. And I feel like she does a really good job of, of being true to who she is while still living this crazy life that she lives. 
So you don't often post like naked photos in the mirror on Instagram? That's not your vibe? Like I would, I totally got that from like watching your Instagram. I was like, oh no, that I feel like that's totally his vibe. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're staying the draft. So they don't get posted, but uh, I think she does the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's take a very quick break to talk about wine. I know we're drinking a lot of wine lately. We're drinking a lot lately, and I get it. Look, it's this quarantine life. We're trying to get used to it. And look, at the end of the day, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to help you. I'm right there with you. I'm literally drinking a glass of wine right now. But while we're drinking wine, we want to be more mindful about it. And that's why I always go with Dry Farm Wines. They are my go-to hangover-free wine. That's right. I said it. Hangover-free wine. That way, you're getting a little lit, but you're not doing all that damage to your body that's going to make you hurt in the next morning. I love Dry Farm Wines because they don't have all the added sugar. They don't have all the added dyes. This is no two-buck chuck from, you know, the supermarket. This is real good, premium, high-quality wine. I trust them. They are my go-to wine brand that I order from all the time because I want to make sure if I'm going to drink, it's going to be good, good stuff. No two-buck chucks for me. And no two-buck chucks for you either. So give Dry Farm Wines a try. Like I said, it's my favorite clean, hangover-free wine. So if you want to have fun tonight but you don't want to hurt tomorrow... Definitely give Dry Farm Wines a try. Go to dryfarmwines.com slash Zach, Z-A-C-K. Dryfarmwines.com slash Zach. I put the link in the description to make your life easier. So go right now and order Dry Farm Wines. Um, okay, so let's talk 13 Reasons Why. I've watched the show from the beginning. I've had a few of your other cast members on the show before. Um, they got the in-studio experience. You got the the quarantine Zoom, but it's okay because we get to Zoom from um, from across the coasts. But um, sure. what what was it like when you first like were up for a role? Because you came in as like a, a recurring role or like a guest role in season three, but in season four you like were upgraded to like main cast yeah it, it's crazy the origin of 13 for me actually goes back all the way to the pilot episode in season one um i remember i was when i was still living in north carolina and i auditioned for clay um and i got some interest in casting and then i got an audition for zach um and i think that ultimately they cast the two perfect people for those roles right and dylan and ross yeah um but that was where i first read the pilot and that's where I told my agents and managers, like, if anything else, I want this show. So then I like, came like eight more auditions over the course of the first two seasons. Nothing came of them, but I knew that I was in people's good graces, I think, to keep getting those. And then Charlie came along. And I, I actually remember getting the breakdown for Charlie. We were at Disney World, weirdly enough. And that came across, you know, 16-year-old sophomore quarterback of the team. And that was kind of all it said. But I was like, all right, I'm six feet tall. Uh, I still play pretty young, bring it. And uh, I won't ever forget getting the phone call of, hey, are you able to come to San Francisco tomorrow? Uh, you booked the role. And it was at 10 p.m. in New York. And I had a bed scheduled a flight for me at 5.30 in the morning the next morning. So wow. I, it was one of those things where I texted my manager at Apple and was like, hey, by the way, I'm not coming into work tomorrow or ever again. Sorry. And then I was off on a plane. And then you're right. It, 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 um, it was a co-star role that turned into a guest star role throughout season three. And then um, I Brian called me in between season three and season four and said, hey, we're getting a sports season. What do you feel like joining the cast of the series regular? And by the way, this is your storyline. 
And it was like, I couldn't say yes fast enough. It was the, it was one of the best phone calls I think I've ever had. So going <laughs> to San Francisco, were you like set to start working immediately or you were coming for an additional audition or like you just have to like make a, was, a decision like that quickly and jump on a plane and... It was crazy. The week leading up to that, I had auditioned originally, and then um, the the creative team asked. They were like, "Can we get a video of him throwing the football?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Sure." So I went to one of the local parks in New York and set up a tripod with my friend and, and threw the football and kind of cut together a, a a really hilarious football tape because I've never played football before in my life. I'm like not that kind of guy, honestly, but uh, I can convincingly do it. So I I remember like putting some clips together and trying to show my personality. And then I got some notes for a callback video, but it was all still done by self-tape. And at that point, I knew it was between me and three other guys. And then when I booked it, yeah, there was no in-person callback. Um, because the role started off pretty small, I think. We can all kind of see that. So they took a chance on me, and I'm really appreciative that they did from all the way across the country. So coming into season four, was there any pressure? So you knew in between season three and, and when production began for season four that they were looking to bring you in full time? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, something that we had talked about. And then Brian even, um, you know, spoilers. I'm, I'm, if you haven't watched the whole season yet, please stop listening now. But um, Brian even told me like in our conversation, hey, look, this is what I have planned for your character. He's actually going to be the love interest of Alex Sandal and this is how I envision it. It's actually going to be one of the most beautiful relationships this show has ever seen because they're all going to be accepted. And, and, and this is going to be the one thing that actually everyone knows is, is true and real and positive. And I like, again, I was just like, can we start tomorrow? Yeah. Like, let's, do this. It, it was very exciting from the very beginning of season four. Was there any pressure coming in? Because like we all knew that this was going to be the final season, and there the, the foundation for the show had already really been set, and the characters everybody already knew. Especially because like last season in season three, we there was a lot of pushback when Grace joined um, as Ani. A lot of the fans were like, "No, we don't like this. It's a new character," and you know they were so used to the original cast. Was there any pressure that you felt coming in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first of all, people don't like change, yeah. right? And so, like you say, when you when you've had two seasons now of the cast you know and love, you don't want to see it necessarily change. Yeah. I think Grace's character her character was interesting because she was not only changed, but she was really shaking things up in the show. Right now, I love the way that her character shook things up in the show, and I really appreciate what she brought. Um, but of course, I had that fear. Although the fear started to diminish for me when I started to get the scripts in my hand mm. um, a couple of weeks before, and and you start reading, it's really hard to hate Charlie because he's not shaking he, things up. Like he is just so like sweet. Because normally, like our our um, picture of a jock is like you know is is like Monty. That that's kind of like what yeah. like you know he you know swings his dick around and he thinks that he's bad on the field and you know is a little he's not as nice to some of the other characters and you know I think Charlie's character really kind of changed that. Yeah, not only not only for me was Charlie a sweet person who I feel like was absolutely 100% authentic. He also was shattering a stereotype that has kind of lived on in TV and film for the last 20 years when it comes to playing a jock who's gay, right? Mm-hmm. We, for the most part, all I can remember seeing, and even on our show, is you have the jock who's been 
uh, you know, abused at home, uh, has pent up anger, doesn't know where to put it, takes it out on others, and then ultimately, yes, is gay. But it's because he doesn't know how to handle that that he flashes out. Right. Charlie's the opposite of that. Charlie is is a hundred percent authentic and 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 throws or vomits positivity to everyone else. And is also just happens to be the bi co-captain quarterback of the high school team that is accepted by all of his teammates and friends. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, is Was Miles a good kisser? Yeah. I, oh, funny story. I hope he doesn't mind me telling. Um, the first kiss we share is in episode six on um, the school lockdown episode. Mm-hmm. After, after the whole episode. And I remember, you know, you have butterflies when you have your first kiss with anyone, like, uh, on set, because you're not really dating. And, uh, and I remember like going into it, we were excited and we kissed the first time. And I found out in that moment that I am a bottom lip kisser in real life. Ah. And so is he. And so the first kiss was so awkward because we both went to the bottom lip. And I, after that take, I went, hey, Miles, like, do you know like which lip you prefer to kiss? And he was like, um, I haven't really given it any thought. And I was like, well, I'll tell you, you're a bottom lip kisser. And so am I. So we need to kind of figure this out. And. And it's funny if you go back and watch the takes of all the other kisses he has. Sometimes I get the bottom, sometimes he gets it. It, it was actually a very um, collaborative kissing technique that I'm very proud of for us to get to. <laughs> it was great. He has very soft lips. Ah, okay. That's interesting. I, I guess I'm a bottom kisser, a bottom lip kisser. It gives you, it gives you more to hold on to. Well, because I like to, I like to like... Um, I like to nibble on the bottom. Like, I don't like to, like, bite it, bite it. But I just feel like it, it just adds a little. Just a little. Just makes it. Yes, I know. It, it, it adds a little spice to the kiss. One thing yeah, I can't do, I, I can't I, do too much tongue. Like, I that grosses me out when it's, like, too tonguey. Especially in this COVID world. Swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about how Alex and Charlie ended up at the end of the, at the end of the series? And what do you think, think happens with them beyond? Yeah, I, I, uh, I selfishly want more. I, for me, it wasn't almost good enough to hear, oh, so he's going to drive to his games and, and they're going to stay together. Like, I wanted more, um, but, I, but I'm happy. I'm happy. And I think that the way it left off that we can all assume as fans that they are still together and they're still happy. Obviously, Alex still has a lot to, to work at and, and to, to, to process for the rest of his life probably yeah um but i think that charlie is kind of that person who balances him out and and lets him feel his emotions um while while being safe and secure um and and so yeah they're still together in my mind and and they're living their best lives i like it i like i loved the uh like the whole prom scene where they kind of they were the ones because normally the the quarterback ends up being prom king but now in this case we had two prom kings and it was i liked that there's a lot of um uh, a lot of the boundaries that are broken in a good way that kind of like normalizes a lot of these um real life characters that we see in real life but we don't often see on screen and now we're kind of yeah. normalizing a lot of these things. Um, I know the show has always kind of pushed the boundary and they've always gotten a lot of pushback every season. Was there any concerns that you had about maybe some of the criticism that the show has gotten in the past that you were worried about coming into the fourth season? Um, honestly, no. Because for me, the way that I handle most of that criticism I think it's some of it is sure fair. Like we're all allowed to feel what we feel, right? 
I think the way I handle it, though, is that <laughs> if you love the show or if you hate the show, you still have an opinion of the show. And if right. you have an opinion of the show, it means you're talking about the show. And the whole point, it, this show for me, personally, is not to tell you how to handle these issues. The show is to shed light on these issues and to further the discussion. We can't necessarily say the perfect thing every single time and how you handle a situation because situations are always changing. But what we can do is bring to light the fact that, hey, we have an openly bi quarterback and he's accepted by all of his teammates. And when he comes out to his father, his father is the best support system that he has right in front of him. We can show these stories and make people start talking about them in a way that maybe they didn't talk about them six months ago. And I think that's the power of the show. Love it or hate it. I happen to love it. But Yeah, I think it's important to have that exposure because I think when you, a lot of us, and I think this is what we're finding with kind of the overall cultural climate that we're in is like a lot of us are realizing that we live in our own bubble and it's not until we experience something outside of that bubble that we, our perspective starts to shift. And Sometimes you're not going to fully experience that, but by watching it on shows like 13 Reasons Why, where it's opening up that dialogue, it continues to shift your perspective because you're seeing other experiences that might not necessarily align with yours, but it just opens up your eyes a lot more. Yeah, and, and, and to yeah, piggyback on what you just said about that, it's like, I think in the last three weeks, we've definitely seen, obviously, the the, the, the it's been brought to light again because it's always been there, but uh, the, the dirtiness of, of, of where we're living right now and, mm-hmm. and, and how messed up some some aspects of this country are that we might not see because of the way we look, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think the show does the same thing. It forces people to sometimes live in the uncomfortable. And what I'm witnessing in the last three weeks is people, people posting a thing or two to show that they're woke, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing quotation, you know, but then they go back a couple of days later and they start just posting things that make them comfortable again, right? Mm-hmm. I think as a world, we need to continue to force ourselves to live in the uncomfortable. And honestly, shows like 13 are helping us, I think, handle that better uh, than we ever have before. So I, I, yeah, everything can always be comfortable. It can. And it's good to be in that uncomfortable zone. It's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone and to keep challenging yourself to grow. You know, because even like with everything that's happened over the past few weeks, like I think people are eventually going to tune back. They're woke right now, but they're going to go back to sleep tomorrow because that's like you said, comfortable. But we need to keep kind of pushing um, forward and and making ourselves expose, um, expose ourselves to other experiences to continue to grow. Yeah, it's on us. It's on us for people uh, or it's on us. People like us to continue to make sure that people are listening and 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 i'm listening and 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 trying to grow um as well yeah yeah for sure and keep showing up every day i agree yep was there anything that you took from the set of 13 reasons as like a keepsake oh you're absolutely right it you know sometimes it's hard to take stuff on set because obviously the production company doesn't want to part with anything that they might need if they get another season or whatever the case may be reshoots we pretty much, you know, did the four final season. We knew. So, hell yeah. I took, I raided, uh, I took a Liberty jacket, obviously. That's the staple. It's going to be hung up in my house. I took some other Charlie's clothes. I took some of Ross's clothes. Uh-huh. He had really cool clothes and we fit. I took a, um, I, did, I, I, I mean, I asked, obviously, but I got a Evergreen County EMT jacket, which I thought was kind of uh-huh. cool because you can wear that sneakily, but it's still like, 
very close to home in the show. Um, I think that's, it was mostly wardrobe stuff, but the jacket was one of the things. Oh, and my jersey, because I'll never have a football jersey yeah. in real life uh, with my name on it or my character's name on it again. So I took that as well. <laughs> what were you like in high school? Like, what was your, like, what yeah. stereotype did you fit into? It's funny. I, I went to a pretty big high school. My high school was like 2,400 students. Um, so it was fairly large. I was kind of always the kid that was, I was I feel like for the most part, very lucky and, and well-liked and popular, but I was never the popular guy, right? So I never won prom king or anything like that. I, I played tennis, uh, which, you know, it was kind of funny. And I did theater. I was known as a theater kid. I did the morning announcements when I was a senior. Like, um, I, I was the theater guy. I did show choir. Um, but I like to think that I was kind of that bridge of, of the kid who did theater, but also showed other people that like, you can do theater too, if you want. It's not this, this like closed group of people that are all weirdos that, um, you know, sit in circles and talk about their feelings. We do that and we love it, yeah. but you can do that too. And so I think I got some people to, to join, um, the art side of the hall. I knew every art teacher. I was always in the art hallway. That was, that was my house. And was acting something you always knew you were going to pursue outside of, uh, like, once you graduated? Yeah, I would say it was about sophomore year for me when I, I kind of had the realization of, like, uh, I have to have a job when I, you know, in the real world. What am I going to do? What do I like? And I had a serious conversation with my parents and myself, and I said, I'm going to be an actor. My mom, I've quoted her many times, and, and I unfortunately don't know where the quote came from, but she was such a huge supporter, and she said, you know, someone's got to do it, so why not, why not be you? And I took those words to heart and, and they were so supportive of me and, and, and helping me go to college uh, to study acting, which I'm incredibly thankful for. And uh, yeah, then it's just once you graduate college, you say, now what? And you put your head down and do the next goals that you have in mind. And, uh, and now here you are on several hit shows, including 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> do you have any others in the works? Mm. Good question. Um, no, <laughs> it's crazy the way that the schedule is working. You know, we wrapped 13 in December. Pilot season was up and running. Had some very close calls with pilots, um, and then in the midst of some of those close calls, Corona happens, yeah. and and so we kind of go into a shutdown. So it's been a nice three months of, of able to just kind of reflect on the other projects that came out for me. So so season four of 13, and then also Tales from the Loop on Amazon, which was an incredible. Show. I'm really proud of the way it came out. Um, so it was exciting to have both of those shows come out during quarantine. So although I wasn't working, still so you get to kind of reap the benefits of the work that you did in 2019 and, and see it come to, to life in 2020. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, this, this is the pandemic is, is we're starting to figure out what maybe a new normal is. Mm-hmm. And soon, like I just got an audition yesterday. So, so I'll just decided to be back in and there should be something on the table soon, I hope. All right. Um, okay, now I want you to cast some of your castmates. So I'm going to throw some. So we saw what each of the actors that you worked with, their characters were, but knowing them in real life, I want to know which character you think they are. They actually identify with. So who would you say on the set or uh, on the cast was more of the classic jock? Classic jock. Oh, this. Uh, when you say classic jock, we're... we're we're not talking about like toxic masculinity. No, right? we're, we're just saying like, broy, broy. It's a tie. 
it's a tie. It's uh, Timothy Granaderos because mm. we, if you don't know, he was the soccer star in college. Yeah. And the boy is athletic as hell. And then uh, smaller character, Austin Aaron, who plays Luke Holiday. Yeah. Because he played, uh, he was a wide receiver at Cal Berkeley for two years. And so, yeah, I wouldn't want to do anything athletic against either one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 Timothy Granaderos when I because he came in studio and he has like such this like broy energy, but like I don't know, it's hot. I'm like mm, okay. I was like, he, we, we can't bring. Energy, but he's a... Yeah, he's so huggable. Yeah, like so, like s- yeah, very sweet, but like it's a vibe. It's a, I'm like you can't bring him back in studio. I can't do. I can't do that again. Um, <laughs> who would you say is the biggest flirt on set? <laughs> um again this is pretty damn easy it's brandon flynn really oh yeah man that boy he, he i feel like he gets me in trouble sometimes like i would be with him and my girlfriend would be on set or something and i would just be like it's so easy to flirt with him he's he seems he's a like flirt, a good flirt yeah he's, he's wonderful um who would you say was the biggest like goody two shoes that would like never miss an assignment in school Hmm. Goody two shoes. Is it bad that I have to think so hard? I think um, you know who it you know who it is. It's uh, it's Justin Prentice because mm. that boy. So um, I'm not. I don't know if you know this or not, but Justin Ross, him and I lived in a house for season four. Mm. So while we were filming, um, and and it was the best experience I think any of us have had during work. But I would I remember walking by Justin's room sometimes and he would just be running lines in the mirror, like just drilling them. I'd be like, dude, you wanna like you wanna play ping pong, you wanna hang out? And he's just like, uh no, I gotta work. I'm doing this. He always would his work ethic was incredible. And uh yeah, he's a good at two shoes. He's very smart too. I like it. Um, who would you say is the like the Jessica, the true like feminist of of the cast? Um I think Alicia, for sure, in a lot of ways, um, aligns with her character, Jessica. Uh, and then I would also still rope in Brandon Flynn as well. Uh, if you if you follow him on social or anything yeah. recently, he's been he's been incredibly vocal, and I I look up to him right now as actually a role model um, for the way that he's been talking about and 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 shedding light on what's happening. So I, I think the two of them are really great. Who would you say is the biggest rebel without a cause? Mm, rebel without a cause. Uh, that kind of has a negative connotation, but I'm going to pretend like it's positive and I'm going to say Ross because he carries this kind of charismatic energy that like comes off as he doesn't, you know, give a damn, but he yet somehow has everything taken care of and in control. And I, I think that is the coolest energy um, that I'll never have. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, and then last one. Who would you, who do you think is likely to start a family first? Oh, um, going through all the people in the cast. <laughs> uh, this probably is a little ageist, but it's got to be Tim, right? He's he's the oldest person. He's got to he's got to do it first, right? Yeah. No, when I saw that one, he he was the first one that came to mind too. I was like, well, he's like thirty. He's probably getting to that yeah. point in life. And and unlike Ross, love him. Tim Tim's ready for that. Like Tim Tim 
he's ready. Oh yeah, he's like booed up and like it's long term. Yeah, yeah, he's ready. Um, okay, so let- I'm ready for him. I love it. Let's play. We're going to to close out the show. We're going to play a round of last thing, which is a rapid, quick, rapid fire of quick questions of the last time you did each of these things in quarantine. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. What was the last series you binge watched in quarantine? Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the it's the flower show on Netflix. It's a competition show and it's great. It's like the big flower competition. The British show. Watch I didn't it. even know that was a thing. I, and I, I, I hate that I'm blanking on the name because I always do this, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the flower show. Look it up. It's awesome. Okay. Um, when was the last time you got a little too tipsy during quarantine? It was like four days ago. My girlfriend's brother um, is in a fraternity and he was leaving to go back to his school and we uh, drank way too much before he left. Oof. Are you nursing those quarantine hangovers? Uh, that was the only one, honestly, during quarantine, and I nursed it real hard the next day. Uh, last time you bailed on a Zoom party? Um, every time, pretty much. Have you, you haven't done any Zoom parties? I feel like Zoom parties are the worst. I've done, I've done one, and it was honestly one too many. I'd never need to do it again. It's too many people online. Everyone's trying to talk and try to have sight. I'm like, no. Thank you. I'm I'm yeah. I'm busy that day. Um, <laughs> uh, last time you got laid in quarantine? Uh, well, I'm staying in my girlfriend's parents' house, so that's a big. Oh, so never. that's not happening often at all. Out of respect, so Love many it. people are having babies and or getting pregnant in quarantine right now. No babies yeah, for you anytime a... soon. No. <laughs> uh, last time you had a quarantine meltdown. Oh. Um... Probably eh, a week or two ago when I just had a, a moment of what are we all doing in, in this world and when are we going to get out of this? And there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but how long is the tunnel? And I had eh, eh, yeah. Out. yeah, that's typical. That typical one meltdown we all have in quarantine. Um, and then last yeah. one, last time you baked or cooked something that turned out way better than you expected. I feel like everyone's uh, doing banana bread and they're cooking these fancy dinners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Charlie is a baker, right? We love him for that. He, he makes incredible cookies. Tyler um, does not understand how to measure anything really well. And I don't think I've made anything except a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in quarantine because We've been staying with um, Adri's family, and, and her mother is an incredible cook, and has been making delicious meals. And I've been spoiled. I haven't really cooked anything in quarantine. I'm not a banana bread boy. I, I haven't either. The most I've done, <laughs> I, I've bought cookie dough that I ate, but I didn't bake. <laughs> yeah, we've been baking cookie dough. Yes, and I'm working on a I'm working on a um, on a cookie recipe that I can uh, actually spread out to everyone that it wants to try and have some of Charlie's baking recipes so i'm working on that but i'm such a bad baker it's it's, um, it's a process <laughs> <laughs> i love it um where can people uh catch your well i mean we know 13 reasons why is available now on netflix but what other shows do you have out right now where can they catch them and where can people follow you on the social yeah needs? so yeah fourth fourth and final season of 13 is on netflix definitely binge that if you haven't it's, it's a wild ride it's great um, I also was a part of an awesome show um, called Tales from the Loop, 
It's on Amazon Prime. It's got um, Jonathan Price in it, uh, which and Rebecca Hall, incredible cast. Um, check that out if you're into more of like a sci-fi situation. Um, Twilight Zone meets Black Mirror. And then if you want to follow me on social, Instagram is my fave. So that's Tyler underscore Barnhart. And I also have been on the Twitters a little bit more recently. And that is the same. It's Tyler underscore Barnhart. So you can follow me there. And uh, it's a good time. I love it. Tyler underscore Barnhart. You guys can follow me. At, very, very unique. Yes. Uh, you guys can follow me at Just Plain Zach. And don't forget to follow the show at No Filter with Zach. And thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Tune in every Monday and Wednesday. Summer is here. My hair is freshly bleached. I'm ready to go out. Let me set me free. Let me write a letter to my parole officer and see if I can get out of quarantine early. Um, thank you guys for listening. Definitely check out 13 Reasons Why. It's the final season. It's really good. I binged it. Um, Tyler, it's great, right? Everyone has to go listen to it right now. Yeah, you got it. You got to watch it right now. What are you doing if you haven't? If only to watch Tyler's scenes because he, you're going to fall in love with his character, Charlie, because he is just the sweetest quarterback you've ever met. And you're going to be like, I want that as my boyfriend. Does your girlfriend we get jealous of your character? Does your girlfriend think you're like you're like Charlie in real life, or do, is she like pr- pressuring you to be more like Charlie? I don't mean to be a tease or anything, but um, yeah, she's like, I thought you were an actor. Like you're not even acting on the screen because uh, I'm very similar. And and the writers, I know we're dumb, but the writers are so good to like like I always mispronounce words like that don't make sense in a in a sentence because I think it's a different word. In real life. Yeah. And they, they, they brought that into the show. I was like, oh my God, this is me. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, there you go. Everyone needs to go watch and give Tyler a follow. All right. Thank you, Thank Tyler. You. for having me, Doug. Have a good summer. And uh, we will chat soon. Bye. Thanks. I'll see you in LA. Yes.